Hello one and all and welcome to another episode of Baggers Chat. My name is Mitch Patterson and as always we're joined by Ethan Daffy and of course today we are doing our last preview of the home and away season before we head into finals content. Before we move on to anything else actually there was one comment that was left on our episode last review and it was from Carl Cavara or something. I don't know exactly exactly what he said. Um, I mean I don't know exactly what his name was but he mentioned something about your hoodie Daffy boy. And how it says Melbourne, and he wants to clear it up. <laughs> and he wants to clear it up, whether it's a Melbourne Demons hoodie or no. whether it's a Melbourne United hoodie from the NBL. <laughs> it's not a Melbourne Demons hoodie for sure. I'm not uh, <laughs> borrowing one of the old man's hoodies. I'm not that low on hoodies, but um, no, it's a Melbourne United hoodie. And um, no, I just like the hoodie, but uh, yeah, definitely not a Demons one because I don't uh, support losers. See, see, Carl, I mean, I told you, I didn't think he would turn to the dark side so quickly, <laughs> but. Don't you worry, mate. Uh, there is uh, there is still a lot more uh, love in the take for Daffy Boy for the Carlton Football Club. But, <laughs> of course, today we are previewing Carlton v Giants, round 24, um, Sunday, 6, 10 p.m. Last, I mean, as I just said, last home and away game of the season. But, of course, our last uh, preview episode for the home and away season. But it's, it's going to be a big crowd this week, I would feel, just because it's a must-win game for the Giants if everything goes their way. But also, from our end... Um, of course, it's our last home game uh, before we head into finals. But just just very quickly, a a disclaimer for the viewers as well. I'm not feeling the best. My throat and my nose is just going absolutely nowhere. Definitely already knows about it. So just mind, just kind of bear with me. The audio won't be as great because uh, I'm not speaking probably up to my best. But most of the time, I don't really speak my best anyway. So <laughs> first things first, Daffy Boy, how are you though? No, I'm good, mate. Um, absolute day for it here in Melbourne on a Wednesday morning, um, 10 a.m. Obviously, you're a bit under the weather, so you're probably uh, not going to get out too much today. But um, <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a very weird feeling heading into this game, um, knowing that it's not our final game of the year like we've had for the last um, nine years, where round 23, round 24 has been our kind of <laughs> final game and uh, then the season just goes gone we Carlton is out of our lives for the next uh, four months in, in in real sense though we talk about it every day anyway in the off season but um, no it's it's a good challenge and I think uh, obviously Saturday night the dogs play um, Geelong so if they win that game which well, Geelong's sort of they're out so if the dogs are being serious about themselves um, they probably should win that game but um. Yeah, it's it's a weird round because of the whole umpiring situation. If that umpire called that Ben Key's goal, every game would be on the line this weekend, especially this one, especially the Carlton Giants one, because with Adelaide playing West Coast, they probably push the eight and probably make it. Really, if that goal's counter, which is that is absolutely brutal. If it was Carlton, I would be fucking livid. I would be absolutely livid if that was uh, if we were in that position. Yeah, it's such a shame because. I mean, yep. we all make mistakes every single day and there's been so much shit in that goal umpire, which I think is very unnecessary. Like, of course, he made a really bad professional decision. He needed to go upstairs. But yep. also, it's just a mistake where you kind of back your call. But unfortunately, it was such a vital decision where yep. you, he chose to kind of back his call, back his decision, and it's come back where it's pretty much cost... It, it has cost Adelaide finals. Like the Sydney yeah. supporters can say, oh, yeah, no, nah, we don't know what would have happened. <laughs> they would have hit the front. It's very hard for Swans yeah. to kind of find a goal within probably 50 seconds. But, yeah, I mean, as you said, there's so many games that now just kind of 
don't really have much meaning to it now because, I mean, of course, the only team that can really make it outside the top eight uh, is Western Bulldogs. And, I mean, Essendon are on the same amount of points, I think, with uh, Western Bulldogs, but their percentage is miles off. Yeah. So, um, so I think Western Bulldogs is the only one. Um, and I reckon, as you said, I think they're a genuine chance just because they're playing Geelong in Geelong, but Geelong don't have much to play for now. So... Um, but we'll stick more to Carlton Pinks for this episode. I'll try my best to do that. <laughs> but uh, Daffy Boy, favourite moment against GWS? There has been a few. What's your favourite moment against the Giants? <laughs> yeah, there's, um, well, there's actually, I'll, I'll start off with my worst moment at the, versus the Giants is when they were beating us with 16 men on the ground uh, in 2018. <laughs> we can all remember, just remember that moment, Carlton fans listening, Pato, remember this moment, remember that moment and re- and then just remember how bad it was and the moments we're feeling right now and the moments we're getting right now, which is uh, polar opposites, really. And we're beating the best of the best. So just remember that. That's just a little bit quick shout out to uh, 2018 Carlton. But um, favourite moment uh, was actually the year before. Uh, I, think, I think it was year before, 2017, and we beat it by a point. They were on top of the ladder. Hands it up. Stevie J time. Couldn't get the kick away. Knocked on. Green. Manhandled. Can they get out of the traffic? Every blue back in defence. Slammed out. The Blues fans know. They have done what every other team hasn't been able to do this year. Beat the Giants in a close one. One second left. The siren sounds. It doesn't get any better than that. Um... We had a bunch of, you know, fringe players playing, really. We were, you know, down the bottom-ish. So it was a good win. One-point game at Marvel. Uh, it was a low-scoring affair. Uh, I remember we had a few shots on goal late in the game. We couldn't get it done like we used to. But, um, yeah, we won by a point. I remember uh, we just kicked the ball off the ground. It was Everyone was trying to get the ball. Or Giants trying to get the ball through to get a draw. And um, I remember we just... Punted it off the ground, 50 metres. They called it deliberate. The whole crowd were yelling at the umpire and then uh, the siren went. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I completely agree. That was my favourite moment. As soon as as soon as soon we wrote down this run sheet, I just knew that that was the one moment that came to my mind. Um, don't know if there's many individual moments. I know that there's a few that come to mind, whether it's Chris Judd in 2012 when he dominated against Giants when he was a very uh, young, yeah. upcoming Giants team. Like, it was their first year in the competition, but... Um, also, you can even say last year and, and the year before, like those sorts of performances, even earlier in the year when um, Charlie played played well. But um, yeah, as you said, I just think it's a it's a it's a it's a good moment then because it was 2017 when you saw all these young players kind of starting to get into their own, um, and it was kind of a, a win that we haven't really seen many wins in the past few years. And I I was actually at that game with my mate, and he's a Collingwood supporter, but. He wanted to yeah. annoy me even more. And guess what he did? He bought a what? GWS scarf. <laughs> we, and I went with him and I'm like, I bought a scarf for him. And I'm like, sure, you've got to wear a scarf and support the Blues. And he's like, nah, I'm going to buy a giant scarf. And he actually bought it. <laughs> he actually went and bought one. I'm like, what are you doing, mate? But oh, where we won by one point, I was in his face the whole night. So shout out to you, Liam. Love you, mate. But we'll now move on to uh, a little bit more into the into the game sense. But of course, before we move on to our potential inclusions. We have to touch on a re-signing, which is, of course, Mitch McGovern, um, a two-year deal. Uh, very, uh, a very exciting, I guess, deal because, yes, it's only two years, but I think from now on, I think his next deal, like you won't really get the multi-year deal anymore with Mitch McGovern because he's starting to get to that age. But, I mean, every maybe two, two, and maybe one year to finish his career, 
um, will be good to see. And hopefully he can stay in the Navy blue for the rest of his career. But Daph, what were your thoughts on his re-signing? And do you agree with the two-year deal? No, for sure. Um, it's a the good thing about that deal. It's actually a two year deal trigger for a third. So um, I think it's a mutual um, agreement if they come towards a third year deal, which I think it will. I think he'd be a Carlton player for the rest of his career. Uh, oh, I think it's a massive deal. Uh, we're winning games. Um, you know, opposition fans are getting pissed off at how we're going. We're in really good form. Our players are back, and we're re-signing players. We're not losing players. So uh, we're at a really good point in our time and as Carlton supporters right now. And once again, you just got to lap it up because, you know, he was talked about maybe going, I don't think that was ever the case, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, he's He's been fantastic this year. Um, he's crucial for our lineup. And um, what is he now? 28 years old. So he's still got a fair bit of footy ahead of him. Um, some good years. So just more about how his body holds up. Because um, you know how good um, Jeremy McGovern is right now. He was crucial for the Eagles on the weekend. I think they're very similar players. They just throw their bodies at things that you shouldn't throw your body at and um, take big grabs and really good by foot. So, uh, no, it's good for Garvin. Um, it's good this year he hasn't copped his hate. He usually cops his hate every year about how he goes and just because of the price tag that we gave him. Just remember that we gave him that money, not him. Mm-hmm. He, obviously, he's going to accept that deal. So, yeah. um, I think it's I think it's four hundred dollars to $500,000 a year, which is uh, a good deal. Yeah, and then that's an extreme pay cut to what we offered him in, in 2018, yeah. 2019. So, um, as we said, I think it's always a good thing to sign these types of players because you know that pretty much 17 other clubs would more than happy yeah. to go and walk straight into their club. So, signing these guys away, and I know it's only two years, but I think, as you said, uh, realistically, I, I don't think he'll, he'll move away from Carlton uh, for the rest of his career, but... Um, we'll now move in to the potential inclusions. Now, we just have five names to touch on and, of course, another name uh, that, of course, won't be seen in round 24. But as we just touched on, Mitch McGovern will re- um, is aiming to be available this week. Um, also, Sam Walsh, Adam Chera, Lockie Fogarty, and also Matt Kennedy is aiming to be available for this week. But, of course, the other name is Jack Silvani, and he returned via the VFL last week. Um, I know that you mentioned last episode that he got a knee injury in the VFL and unfortunately he's been ruled out for this week. Um, further, I guess, towards finals, we don't know what his time frame is right now, but I know that Carlton have come out this week and said that he's unavailable for this week, which is really unfortunate because I think this week was probably his last chance to get back into the AFL side. And now I don't think we can really risk a guy that's kind of coming off an injury and for a first week elimination final. I think Pitnet and TDK have to be the combination just because I don't think Silvani can be risk, um, I guess, going towards finals. But definitely on those five or six inclusions, I mean, the five, but of course, to touch on Silvani um, uh, and, and his injury, uh, what were your thoughts on his injury? But also, also of course, towards the five uh, aiming to be available this week. Yeah, it's a shame for for Soss. Um, obviously, returning last week in a very lackluster <laughs> VFL game, which was which cost them the wild card spot. Which you know that was the end of their season. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 a shame because he'd be really wanting to get out there in a Carlton finals um, game because he knows you know <laughs> he's been a Carlton supporter his whole life, so he knows how much how long it's been um, and the pain we've been through. So. Hopefully it's not too long, but I think it's the same thing he had, um, the same sprain he had last time. So I think it'll be three, four weeks, unfortunately, and uh, he'll be ready to uh, be the sub in the grand final. But no, the other the other inclusions are like a, a Walshy, 
Uh, obviously, Chera, Fogg, even Kennedy. Um, not sure you can fit all of them in. Uh, you can fit most of them in, I think, in my opinion. But um, you also got Gov coming back in as well. So um, yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be selection headaches. But I think um, it's get, I'm finding it tough yeah. uh, for the outs. But I think you've got to kind of bite the bullet sometimes and uh, and bring those guys in when you have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think it kind of always is a selection headache and like we always mention it and how great it is that it gives the selection staff like a headache because it shows how good our team is doing. So yeah. to now move into our ins and outs. So now we actually get the opportunity to kind of touch on who we think we might bring in and who we might bring out. I mean, we don't know who's going to come in. This is purely our opinions, but Daph, if you were to be the coach this week, who are you bringing in and who are you bringing out? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I'm not against any of these players coming in. So whether it's, you know, Chera Walsh, McGovern, Fogarty, and uh, Chugger, Bam Bam. Yeah. Um, so don't take my word for it. Like, if they come in, I'm happy. Like, I'm not, this is just my thinking currently. But what, who I'm bringing in is Chera, Walsh, and McGovern. So I'll bring in three in. Um, obviously, I think these guys need a bit of a dress rehearsal and a bit of uh, match fitness, so you have to bring them in. I know everyone's like, rest them for finals, but you don't want to be chucking them out there to the Wolves um, first game finals. I know these guys are professionals, but um, it's just finals is a different intensity. Um, you know, we've, we've been playing at a high intensity, but um, it's a, it's another step above that. So um, my outs are Cripps. I think he rested. I don't think there's any point of him playing. Um, absolutely no point of him playing. Obviously, he gets the week off um, if he gets rested this week, and then they get the pre-finals by a week off, and then he can hit uh, the elimination final hard. My second one's uh, Ollie Hollands. So I think I think Walsh and I think Walsh can play that wing role if needed, but I think he'll be in the midfield more more times than not. But I think he can play that outside role too. So I think Hollands has to make way for him. Um, obviously, Chera for Cripps. And then uh, Marchbank uh, dropped for McGovern. I think McGovern's too good, in my opinion. I think he's above Marchy currently. Uh, Marchy's been good, for sure. Yep. I'm not going him, but um, I think McGovern kind of fits our criteria a little bit better in terms of how we play. Yeah, I really, sub, really like And the sub, oh, and the sub uh, Matt Kennedy's the sub. I was thinking between him and Fogg, but I think Fogg comes in uh, first final, in my opinion. I think we have to make way for him because... I think he's precious too good in the forward line. Um, so it's like, I don't know, not sure who you drop for him, but um, I think he has to come in at some stage. He, he was too good during that period. He, I reckon he could come in this week. Like I said before, I, I'm not against those guys coming in, but Matt Kennedy sub or Fogarty, but I think Kennedy. Yeah. So my question before I, I touch on my ins and outs. So the question is, is about Lockie Fogarty and the, the same discussion about him and making sure that he's match fit yeah, is the same conversation with Walsh Chera, Walsh Chera, and of course, um, Mitch McGovern as well. So those three comparing to Fogarty, would you be confident to bring in Lockie Fogarty for a first final, knowing that he's not playing VFL this week because, of course, we didn't make it as you mentioned earlier. But also, I mean, it's a, I mean, as you said, it's another breed of AFL. Like it's not at home and away season; it's finals football, and these guys. Yeah aren't really used to that, would you be confident to bring in Lockie Fogarty for the first final, knowing that his match fitness, he hasn't really been playing the past two or three weeks? Well, I think if Fogarty comes in, Paddy Dow won't be in the side. Okay. 
That's the, that's the, I think that's a simple thing. That's, I know we're saying we can't drop Dow and I'm thinking the exact same thing, but I think he has to be at some stage. If you want to bring Fogarty in or or Kennedy, well, probably Fogarty in my opinion, I think he can play that forward role um, a bit better and his pressure's really good. But yeah, I think you have to drop Dow. I'm not sure who else you drop in that position in terms of midfield mix because Fogarty can play through the middle and he plays through it very well. So yeah. and you've already got Walsh, Chera, Cripps, Hewitt in the middle. Like you probably don't need another mid in there, but um, if Fogarty does play this week, I think Paddy Dow will be dropped, but it'll be really stiff, absolutely stiff. I'm not saying he should be at all, but it's, you know, the mix we've got to find because if we want to push deep in finals, we can't be nice. Yeah, completely agree. So I'm going to touch on my ins and outs now. I have four. Yeah, okay. I'll touch on my ins first because I think my outs might, might come across as controversial. So okay. <laughs> my ins, <laughs> my, my ins is of course Sam Walsh, absolute lock in our best twenty-two has to play. Adam yeah. Chera, another lock, yeah. another lock who is an apps who just needs to play. Mitch McGovern, yeah. completely agree. Yeah. I think he needs to play as well. Yep. Last one, Lockie Fogarty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, yeah. I, I. Yeah. Yep. So now my outs. <laughs> Now, oh, I'm God. thinking about it because I'm like, are we going in too tall if we bring Gov in? And I mean, I, I mean, like I'll touch on my out. So I have Cripps as managed, of course. I think I think he needs to have a week off. But of course, he comes back in for the elimination final. Sam Doherty managed. Managed. Okay. Sam Doherty. And of course, get him right for the elimination final. He looked a little bit underdone on the weekend. I think he needs to have the week off and knowing that he can come back for for the elimination final. Ollie Hollands out as well. Now my yep. last one, and this this might come across as a little bit controversial. Oh and God! If he plays one hundred and ten percent, I like as you said, I'm I'm happy whoever goes out on the park. Alex Chincotta. <laughs> Alex Alex no. Chincotta. Alex Chincotta. I am dropping now. The reason for this is I'm wanting a bit of a change of role. Now, Mitch McGovern, Jacob Wiedering, Caleb Marchbank, Brody Kemp. With my ins and outs, they would all be playing. We touched on it last episode. I don't think you can play all these all these four on the same defense. But my role change is Brody Kemp going into the Chincotta role. Now, height-wise... They're very similar. Brody Kemp on the weekend impressed me with his, I guess, just his ball use. I kind of like that. But also Caleb Marchbank, I think he's around that height as well. I mean, of course, they're both a little bit taller than Chincotta. But I just think that on the weekend, if you, if you produce nine disposals, when Zach Fisher is producing 29 disposals, Chincotta, I don't like, if you produce nine disposals with their type of, I guess, role he's playing, he should be getting a lot of the football, but he's not. And it's been like this for about two or three weeks. And you t- like what we always touch on brutal calls. We love Chincotta. We've been saying the whole year how much we admire and how much we love Chincotta playing in the side. But to me, Mitch McGovern has to come back in and he can take over that Chincotta role because Gov can get a lot of the ball. Now, I'm I'm seeing your facial expressions. <laughs> I, I know that on YouTube, a lot a lot of the viewers can see Daffy Boy's expressions as well. 
What are your thoughts? Not necessarily on on my other three outs, mainly on Chinkotta. And of course, the inclusions with Mitch McGovern replacing him. What are your thoughts? Um, like yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's it's uh obviously when uh you hear because when you have your thoughts, your personal thoughts, and you hear someone else's, I always like to take a different perspective and put my feet in your shoes or whatever. Think think about it differently. Um, and I and I like I like the thinking. I do. I do. I like the thinking, but I think it's too tall. Okay. I just way too tall because, well, you look at uh, – I agree, like Chinkota, he could be getting heaps of the ball, heaps of the ball. But I think for me, his role is more than that. I think his role is more than that in terms of, um, you know, I think Fisher is a completely different player to Chinkota. Like, if I had a one-on-one and I had to pick Chinkota or Fisher in a one-on-one, you'd be picking Chinkota, wouldn't you? So yeah. it's uh, – yeah, I just can't – I can't see – I can't say four of the talls playing. I just can't. Um, so, yeah. So, would you keep that mix? If you had that for this weekend, would you keep the mix for the, the first final? Yes. Because I, I think Zach Fisher is is playing in the back line the whole year. I think he has to play there. Now, Sam Doherty would come back in. Sam Doherty would then take over that Chinkotta role. <clears throat> yeah. That's just, that's just my opinion where I don't think Chinkotta comes back into the side where you've got Walsh and Chera who have to come back in. You've got Mitch McGovern who has to come back in. Those three are an absolute lock for my best 22. And we touch on so much about how you unfortunately just have to make way for players. Chinkotta is one of them. Now you touch on there about height. Now Chinkotta, he's 187 centimeters. Yeah. Now Caleb Marchbank is 183, uh, 190, 193. Whittis is yeah. 195. Brody Camp, yeah. I think I saw it earlier. I think he's about 191, um, 192. So yeah. he's only five or six centimetres taller than Chinkotta. And I'm I'm not saying it like we need to state it all the time and it's we yeah. love Chinkotta. But I'm more looking at towards finals football, elimination final. I think Sam Doherty can play in that Chinkotta role a little bit better. So who does who comes out of the back line for Doc? Uh, I reckon. I reckon you can almost play all of them, but if anything, it would have to be Marchbank. Marchbank would come out. Yeah. Marchbank yeah, okay. would come out of of the best twenty two. But I think Caleb Marchbank played too good last week, where you yeah, have to yeah. give him another week. Because with me, so, with me and my selection now, Vossi probably has a completely different perspective. Obviously, you do as well. But with yeah. me, if you've got form, you play them. You have to stick with them. And that's why I don't have Paddy Dow coming out. That's why I don't have a Matt Candy coming in because you could easily bring in Candy this week for Paddy Dow, but I'm not going to bring in Matt Candy. Yeah. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's really t- it's uh it's definitely working the brain out currently. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think yeah, I think we found the right mix when we dropped Lewis Young out of the defense. Okay. And we were too tall. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we I think we have enough defense and enough taller defenders with the three. Um, because I just feel like Marchbank and McGovern, they can work together if Kemp wasn't playing. But Kemp's in the side. I just think I think Chin Cotter's uh I think he I think he's in. And then if you if you end up talking about Doc going back, you keep Chin Cotter in the side. 
for round 24 and then you drop him for the first final and then you keep that same mix because I think if you change the mix and the roles, it's too late to do that now. I think it's way too late to do that now. And so, I think that covers that intercept defender. So so you would be willing to make a change elimination final though? Yeah, if you have to. If you, if you want to keep, if, is there, if that's your thoughts, if you want to keep, if you want to drop Chincotta at one point, instead of, so you, so you drop you drop March Bank this week, right? Yep. You drop March Bank this week. Yep. So you keep that small defender in. So you have that back six, the same back six. But then next week, you, if you bring in Dr. First Final to play that Chincotta role, you drop Chincotta. Yeah, but I'm I wouldn't be willing to drop Chincotta for the elimination final because I want the mix to work this week. Yeah, yeah, but if, you want Doc, but if you want Doc at half back, who are you gonna drop? March back. Yeah, but then that's the different mix again. Because then you have Doc and Chincotta playing at half back. No, but I don't I don't have Chincotta playing. So I don't have Chincotta and Doc oh, at all. At all. Okay. okay. So okay. I okay. I have so my so heading into the last the elimination final. I want Mitch McGovern to have the chance this week to see how it all goes with March Bank. Because let's be real, we should be getting fifth spot. So it's a good chance for us to see how the mix goes. And that's why I think if Mitch, Mitch McGovern takes over that Chincotta role, Mitch McGovern isn't that much taller than Chincotta either. But Chincotta's 187. So I don't, I, and I think with March Bank and Kemp and Gov, they're all very versatile defenders where they, they aren't necessarily the key defender who you lock down. Like, they can change their roles. Yeah, now, that's okay. my opinion. And I just think that if you go into the elimination final dropping two or three players, that's a bigger risk for mine than round 24. Because round 24 is the last chance, I guess, to kind of see what your right mix is. And then going yeah. into the elimination final, that's where you need to know what your mix is. Yeah, okay. So... Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a big conversation. All the comments, <laughs> um, all all the viewers, make sure you leave your comments and and because we always want to try and see everyone's type of perspective. But yeah, it, it, it's a but as you always say, it's a great problem to have because yeah, you're both yeah. seeing it from different sides. It obviously means that it's working. But we're now going to get into the ground overview. Now we go on. Um, we always touch on the back line, midfield, rucks, and forwards. But of course, we're going to touch on the back line first, and it's Nick Newman up against Toby Green. So, of course, we always touch on a key matchup as well for each line, and, of course, that's the the matchup. So, Nick Newman versus Toby Green, Daffy Boy, big, big matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts and how do you see this uh, playing out? Yeah, um, obviously, they faced up against each other in round four, um, and Newman had the better of him. I think Toby's a hard player to keep down for too long. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, when certain players have the wood over certain players. Um, I don't think it's that easy to have the wood over green for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, it, for me, I think it's with a lot of these small kind of medium forwards, you just got to minimize their impact in terms of, you know, goal assists and score involvements. Um, Cause he's, he's so good at that Toby green. He can set up goals and hit goals when needed. So it's just about how he can, uh, minimise him because, to be honest with you, uh, there's a very high chance that we play the Giants in the first week of the finals. So um, it'll be it's going to be very weird that uh, versing him, having a week off, and then versing him in a final. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we don't win the wrong one. So you know, hopefully, we win both, of course, but hopefully, we don't win the wrong one. <laughs> um, 
the other ones with Dweeters going to Hogan, uh, fuck, Hogan kicking nine is that it's almost worse than losing by 126, in my opinion. Uh, we won't talk about that club on this episode, but they're a shambles currently. And um, Kemp to Riccardi, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think they're pretty good, pretty good matchups. And obviously, if Gov comes in, he can probably take some other guys there and um they've got a few other smalls they've got toby bedford and brent daniels and stuff like that so a lot of smalls in there and um it'll be interesting because it's just a yeah it's a totally weird situation that we're probably playing them in the first week <laughs> and and it's quite funny also with with the venue change because of course I, I mean i wouldn't yeah. expect us to be playing the giants at the at marvel stadium for the first final so it will be <clears throat> one week of us playing at marvel but the week after, or two weeks after, we'll be playing them at the MCG. So, quite crazy. But, um, yeah, I, well, I mean, like I just mentioned then about Weeders going to Hogan, um, Kemp to Riccardi. I think uh, those are the two matchups that I think need to happen. I think, especially with Hogan kicking nine against the Bombers. Fuck, like, that's that's pretty ordinary, isn't it? So, I think Weeders has to go <laughs> to Hogan, try and limit his impact. But, of course, Kemp to Riccardi, which I'm quite confident with. But if March Bank does play... He can also go to Riccardi, but I think he's a little bit a little bit smaller. But I think Kem can go to Riccardi 100%. But we'll now move on to the midfield clash. Now, we were about to put Paddy Cripps versus Tom Green, but I think we won't have Cripps in the matchup just because he's, ex- well, he's not expected, but we both think that he might be managed this week. So we're going to have a, well, hopefully a lock this week, which is, of course, George Hewitt up against Tom Green. So... Tom Green last week, I think, got 39 touches against the Bombers. So um, he obviously played quite a good game. Um, but also to touch on Matt Cottrell as that sole winger. So we both have Ollie Hollands, um, who we brought out as either managed or omitted. So that that also means that Matt Cottrell is going to get that opportunity as that sole winger. So, of course, a matchup with Hewitt and Green, Duffy Boy, but also to touch on Cottrell and his impact as a sole winger. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the um, I think the Giants midfield has been very, very good this year. I think that's what's really got them going, um, winning a lot of games. Obviously, they're making finals where they'll probably pick to be bottom six um, this year with a new coach and all. But, yeah, no, I think, you know, Tom Green is a very, very, very good footballer. I think he's very similar to a to a Paddy Cripps in a sense where he's a bull but also pretty good on the outside. Um, he's a star. I think he had 40 on the weekend, which probably wasn't too hard um, in that game. But... Um, no, he's a really quality player. And they've got other guys who are having career best seasons. I reckon, you know, Stephen Coniglio has had an absolute ripper year yep. um, after a few few quieter ones to his standards. But this year he's been superb. So he's another player to watch kind of on that midfield, half forward kind of line. Uh, but yeah, I think I think our mids, well, we bring in Chera and Walsh. I think our mids will be fine. Um, <laughs> pretty handy mids to bring in a week before finals. So it'd be good to see them back out there and hopefully uh, Touchwood stay fit. Isn't it crazy that we have the, I guess the, like the firepower to bring in, buddy, yeah. fucking Adam Chero and Sam Walsh into the this week, and who knows, we might have to drop like a Paddy Dow. Oh, it's just insane. So, um, but now of course we will move on to the ruck conversation, and of course it's Mark Pittnett. We're going with Mark Pittnett this week because I think he will definitely play up against Kieran Briggs, and Briggs has been quite a underrated ruck, ruckman, but. I mean, I guess he's not really underrated anymore because I think there was yeah. a that probably two weeks ago on Fox Footy, and he's actually rated as the number two ruckman. Um, sorry, the second ruckman in the competition behind I think Tim English. So, 
um, for for the for the season as well. So I think Kieran Briggs is hundred percent having a a great season. And with with Giants, he was probably maybe expecting to play behind a Matt Flynn, but Matt Flynn probably hasn't played um as great of a season as he he was expecting. But also Giants were expecting. So now Briggs has stepped into that role, and I reckon he's hundred percent taking it with two hands. But of course, TDK maybe is that second ruck. Um, I mean, I mean, like he will be that second ruck. Um, I think, in my opinion, it's a big chance for us at Marvel because, of course, it's a dry deck, and I think it's a massive chance. And I think their second ruck might be a, a lucky key to a stretch. But I think, other than that, there's no one really else who could really uh, challenge a a pit net or a TDK as a second ruck. But Dapper Boy, what are your thoughts on this matchup? But of course, to touch on TDK as a second ruck. Yeah, um, once again, the ruck contest, the ruck um, duo and the ruck conversation has spun things around because of the whole Silvani injury. Um, probably throwing a spanner in the whole works of Pito being dropped for sauce. So um, it's looking like these two will probably be the guys to um, run us through the finals. It really depends on Pitt. I'm not not totally sold on Pitt playing a prelim final or something because, you know, uh, just like uh, I'm just picturing Pito running around on the, on the MCG or the Gabba or something to make the grand final. Just <laughs> just try and picture that. But um, <laughs> shout out to Pito. Though. We we do lot we do love his work uh, in and around the ground. But um, yeah, Briggs Briggs really really good. Uh, I think he's had a great year. Obviously, he's clearly their number one this year. Um, Matt Flynn looks like he's on the way out. So um, yeah, Briggs really really good ruckman. Um, you know he just. He kind of came out of nowhere and, yeah. um, you know, obviously, like you said, he was their back, kind of backup, but then I think he's really stepped above Flynn, in my opinion. Um, I think he's around the groundwork. He's that modern-day ruckman, but also in the ruck contest, he uses his body, he's physical. Um, and, yeah, he's a really, really good ruckman for them. And he, he really sets up their midfield. And I think he's um, – with him really improving his game this year has had a massive influence on how the Giants have played, in my opinion. And you, they're going to make the eight, who we really thought they weren't going to make the eight. And I think they had a seven-win streak as well So yeah. uh, at one stage. So shout out to him. Um, but, yeah, TDK, second ruck, um, just another opportunity for him to, uh, you know, work work at his craft and um, hopefully have a, have a good game, have a solid game building into the um, – second game against the Giants in a couple of weeks. So um, that'll be good. But yeah, I, I'm not too, not too stressed about that. Yeah. So for their second rock, would you expect it to be Lockie Keefe if he does play? I think so. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, they usually chuck a few guys in there. Um, yeah. you know, so I've even seen Riccardi in a rock sometimes. Yeah. Uh, or Hogan. someone else. Yeah, Hogan. yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys go in as well. So it, it really, I don't think it's too big of a deal. But like you said, I think if Pito and Teddy K are taking one of the second rucks, they can really try and dictate um, the stoppages and the, the clearance work. Yeah, completely agree. Um, so Kieran Briggs, of course, is actually twenty three, so he's actually still quite yeah. quite young. So, um, I think yeah. he was, I think he was picked thirty four in the two thousand eighteen draft. So of course, his first year was yeah. two thousand nineteen, but um, he was still around that. Uh, I guess I picked 34, pick 35. I think it was something around there. But um yeah. but yeah, I mean like he he's a sole player and as you just said, he's like he's 23, so he's still got so much left of his career to come. But um I think it's good that he's finally found that um role as the as a number one rucket giants and he's probably gonna play there for the rest of his career. So we'll now move on to the forwards, and this is probably the most anticipated um, I guess, matchup for the uh for for the game which is, um, of course, Charlie Kernow up against Sam Taylor. So we always touch on Sam Taylor and how, how much of a 
threat he is um when he gets going he is very a very disciplined i guess defender it's a good way to kind of touch on him because um i think he's just that guy that just does his role every single week um and i think he's that guy that can also go off a little bit like say like if he's um a bit of a lockdown defender he's also got the talent to be that intercept defender as well if say nick haynes is playing so um i think with sam taylor i think it's a big opportunity for him because he's coming up against arguably i mean in in our opinion i'm sure you would agree definitely the best player in the comp charlie kerno so this matchup though but also to touch on matt always jack martin motlop and kind of I guess, continuing to do their thing every single week and leading into finals. Um, to touch on the three forwards, the three small forwards, but also Charlie Kerno versus Sam Taylor. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think you're, you're spot on with Taylor and, you know, the um, kind of how he kind of plays. And, you know, I think he's he's very similar. They're different, but I think he's very similar in the way he plays with a Jacob Wiedering. Yeah, spot oh, on. I think he, you know, he does his thing, doesn't do anything undisciplined, just plays his footy, um, always rated highly, but doesn't get ahead of himself. It's funny. It's just like the way they kind of play. Obviously, I think Weider is probably the step above, in my opinion, just being a little bit biased and put my bias goggles on. But oh, I think, you know, it's another challenge for for Kerno too, um, in my opinion, to have a good defender on him, um, to have a really, really good defender and a good challenge um, for when he kicks 10 on him um, two weeks later, just to really give him, just warm him up a bit. Uh, but yeah, I think Taylor's kind of, in the last few weeks, hasn't been his best in terms of the way he was playing at his peak of the season. I think it's a lot of teams are starting to find out how he plays and how to minimise his impact. I think it might have been, it might have been, no, there was against Gold Coast, I think. They played Gold Coast probably three weeks ago and they were, they were all over it. Like they were just like every contest, they'd turn a one-on-one to a 2v1 every single time, every yep. single time. They're just forcing him to, you know, do things that he wasn't used to doing. And it was just really, really well done and really well coached. So it'll be good to see what Vossi has up his sleeve and Aaron Hamill, the defensive or the no, the forward coach, sorry, in Ash Hansen. So it'll be good to see what they have to do. And with these three names, Oes, Martin, Motlop, and just add the big fella, Harry Mackay, into their... Um, yeah, just do your thing. I think um, you know, obviously Harry didn't have a huge game last week, but I think it was a it was a good game just to get you know back into the swing of things and hopefully under the roof of Marvel he can he can get it done and just show why he's so important to this forward line and um, Matty Owies, Martin and Motlock to kick your goals. That's that's all I ask. You know, always I think always is almost turned opposite. Everyone thought he was the pressure forward, but he's actually the forward that kicks goals. Yes. You know, it's like a Luke Bruce. I'm not yeah. saying he's at all these level. No, I don't want this video clipped and saying that he's as good as Luke Bruce, but I'm just saying that he could have a seven. He, he's been having like seven touch, three tackle games where he has two or three goals. Yeah. Well, I think the Melbourne game was a huge one where he wasn't the pressure forward. It was Martin. It was um, Fogarty and Cunners and other guys like that putting pressure on. It's funny how that turns around and, the whole look of the forward line changes when a guy like always steps up that massively. And um, Jack Martin's been superb. I think he's been one of the main reasons why we're winning these games. Um, his, his talent is unbelievable. No wonder why he was the number one pick um, at, at the Suns. And then um, Jesse Botlock, since he's come in late against Port Adelaide, he's, he's really stepped up and come into his own, which is um, a really good thing to see. And I think it's a real credit to the VFL um system and the VFL, you know, coaching staff and stuff like that, that get these players in the twos and use them effectively. So when they do come in the ones, they they um, have good output. 
Yep, completely agree. Completely spot on, Dapper Boy. But, um, I mean, we we kind of rate Sam Taylor to a stretch, but I think Charlie Kern is probably going to kick 15 goals this week. <laughs> the finals, he'll come out on the final stage and kick 30 goals. So he'll he'll double and he'll kick 30 goals. Carlton will kick probably about 45. Um, but, of course, Charlie Kern will kick 30 of those 45. Of course, I'm kidding to the supporters who don't know um, <laughs> who's sarcastic. That was a joke. So, um, but yeah, but also to Harry McKay, I think you actually said it well. And with him being there, the second like key forward and to help Charlie Kerno, where say Sam Taylor, he might have to worry also about Harry McKay. So my question to you about Harry McKay is, who do you see the Giants key defenders at, like the key defender from Giants? Who do you see going to Harry McKay? So of course you got a Jack Backley who's been playing quite, well this season, but also um a kind of Iden as well has been who's been back there. But the guy who kind of swings kind of forward and back, which is of course Harry Himmelberg. So out of those three, but also you can also mention um Lockie Keith, who, who we've touched on a few times in the episode as maybe that second rock, but he might have to have a role this week and play genuinely on Harry Mackay. So with those four names, is that one of those guys that you expect to go straight to Harry Mackay? Yeah, they do have some good defenders. Um, you know, sometimes you forget about the Giants. They're so Sometimes they just go so unnoticed, which I reckon why they've flown under the radar and made the eight. I think they'll make the eight. Um, I don't, I, well, it really depends if the Dogs lose and we win. It'll be funny if we knock them out the eight, but then I don't want the Dogs making finals. But who cares? It, we're in the finals, so who cares who we're playing? We'll beat them. But, yeah, I think their defence is really, really good. I think Jack Buckley was really good against us last time. I think round four, he was taking heaps of marks. And I think he was – he had the role – if I'm not wrong, he might have had the role on Harry. Um, Charlie. He had, think... Char- no, he had Charlie for a bit too. No, I remember they. I remember he was taking. He kept taking marks. I know Charlie was really good in that game, but I feel like they 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 don't just lock to a certain man. I think I feel like they're similar to Lever and May, where if there's an opportunity in the game where they do switch oh. and change it up a little bit, you know, I think they, you know, if you know, obviously, I'd imagine Taylor probably takes Kerno, but I think. Um, Giants have that unpredictability with their defenders that they can pull strings. And like you said, Lockie Keith could be on Harry for we know. Like, we just don't know. But they do have some solid um, key backs that could take Harry Mackay. Himmelberg, I think he'll probably take... Oh, he'd probably take Martin so he can... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because he's more of that intercept. He can definitely defend. I'm not saying he can't defend the key, but I think they try to utilise him as that kind of you know, take the third tall or fourth tall, maybe, or even Teddy K will be out there too. So someone's going to have to take him. So yeah, it's uh, interesting, but I think it'll be a really good clash. And I think in the finals, it'd be a really, really good game because I think they're, they've got a solid lineup going. Yeah. Well, I mean, I completely agree. And I think they're very, like they're obviously coached quite well because there's conversation with yeah. GWS whether how, how Adam Kingsley will actually go and seeing how he'll go with his first season as an AFL coach. And I reckon he's done really well. Um, yeah. And I think Giants list is so underrated. Like I still yeah, think they, yeah. like, their list is almost up there for like a premiership side. Like I still think they have plenty of players there um, in their arsenal. So I think, um, I think overall, I think they, it's not a, it's a surprise that they made finals, but I'm also not yeah. really surprised because I definitely yeah. expected them to do it, but I think Giants are well and truly a, a good side. And as you said, I think for elimination final, um, that's an absolute must watch. But we'll now touch on our match predictions as we always do. It's our last segment uh for the episodes for, for the preview episodes. Now, Daffy Boy, I need your best on ground 
your point of difference and your winner plus margin. Yeah, um, like I've been saying, uh, it's a bit odd this whole situation that we're in a dead rubber and we're playing finals. Um, well, it depends on results. We still might need to win this game to get the home final because I think we have to have the home final because we come fifth, we win the first final, we play in Melbourne again versus either Collingwood or Melbourne in a semi. So we have two weeks in Melbourne, hopefully, if we win the first final, we've got to focus on this week first. But best on ground for mine, I think he's the type of guy to come back and just have a dominant performance. And I think it's going to be Sam Walsh, uh, best on ground. He's the one He's the one guy I would trust to miss 18, 48 weeks and play the first final. And he'd be fine like he'd just been playing last week. Like he's that much of a pre- professional player. So uh, he'll be best on ground. Um, point of difference, it's... It's tough at the end of the year because you've almost we've almost listed every single player as the point of difference, uh, <laughs> or every single inclusion. I swear, every single inclusion we always talk about um, point of difference. But for me, it's it's always it's tough. It is tough um, talking about point of difference. But I think for me, I, I was just talking a bit down on him before, but I think this guy could have a big one against Briggsy, and I think it's going to be Mark Pitanet. Okay, I think Mark Pitanet could do the job on on Kieran Briggs. I think Briggs is. Definitely a great um, ruckman. I feel like just size-wise, I think he could really get his measure and hopefully Big Pitt can uh, put one on the uh, put one through the big sticks because uh, that'll, be, that'll be funny to watch. But uh, winner plus margin, I don't think we'll blow them out. Um, really depends on the whole landscape of the game if they're pushing oh. for finals. Because if they're pushing for finals, uh, you know, you could definitely see them beating us. But I don't, I don't think they're going to beat us. Uh, I think winner plus margin, I think Blues by 13 points. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, I do like it. And I do like your point of difference, actually. I think I think it's good. It's a good week for Pitt there because, I mean, obviously now with Silvani, unfortunately, not playing yep. this week. And we don't know what's going to happen for finals, of course. It seems like it's going to be the same injury, which might be three to four. But who knows? He, he might turn around and be available for the elimination finals. So, it's a, it's a big chance for Pitt net this week to make sure that he is well and truly a part of this best 22. Um, so my best on ground, I think I'm going with um, Mr. Consistent. Uh, it was Adam Chera through the year, Mr. Consistent, but I'm going with the other Mr. Consistent, probably the second half of the season, Mr. Consistent, and it's Nick Newman. So yeah. I think he's going to be best on ground. I think he's going to uh, keep the skipper, Toby Green, to absolutely zero. Um, now, point of difference, I'm going with Zach Fisher. So, okay. yeah. like, I mean, he got 29 on 28 touches uh, last weekend. I reckon he has found his role in that halfback flank. And I'm really excited to see him once again on the Marvel track. And, uh, he played he played against St. Kilda, sorry. So, he has played yeah. um, at Marvel Stadium um, recently as that, as that new new role. But I think it's another chance for him to really um, show us what he's got. And once again, he could, if he once again plays a good game, he's an absolute lock in the elimination final. So I think it's a big chance for him. And I reckon here's my point of difference. And my winner pass margin, I did change. Uh, I will say I did change my winner pass margin a little bit after you spoke because I did have it as a blowout. But yeah. I've now kind of narrowed it. And it's still kind of a blowout. I mean, you and all the viewers can kind of tell me if it is a blowout. But Blues by 29 points. Oh, so, that's, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's still kind of, I mean, it's not an absolute blowout. But as you said, I, I think I don't think it's a... It's a close game, but I think it's going to be one of those games where it will be tight for the first, second, third quarter, and then the fourth quarter, we just kind of blow them out. But um, I think I think it just really depends on whether they have finals to play for. But also, even if Western Bulldogs lose, which they probably should if they lose to the 
Eagles a week before. Uh, so with with the Giants, they still could get seventh and we could play Sydney in the eight because, of course, Sydney are playing Melbourne at the SEG. Giants are still oh, a chance yeah. To, yeah. to actually go over and, um, I mean, and take over Swan spots. So we could be playing for, uh, Sydney in the elimination final as well. So Giants still have plenty to play for, whether they're playing for the eighth spot or whether they're playing for the seventh spot as well. So um, I think it's an exciting, exciting game. I think there's a slim chance that they could absolutely blow us out and take over, over St Kilda for that home final, but I don't think there's any any chance for that to happen. Of course, playing in our home ground, but um, yeah, of course that's the the match predictions, and of course that is the episode, the preview episode done, our last preview episode for the uh, for the season for of course the home and away season. Um, crazy how quickly the year goes like that. Like yeah. it feels like probably maybe a month ago that we were previewing Richmond v Carlton at the start of the year, and I had Harry McKay to kick funny. 250 goals this season. But um, but of course, that is the last uh preview episode of the year for the home and away season. But definitely boy, before we wrap up the episode, is there anything else you want to touch on? Get another win on the board, hopefully. Uh, I'm not gonna be too cocky about it. Let's just enjoy it. Put the feet up a little bit on, on at Marvel Stadium. If we lose the game, it's not all doom and gloom, but uh hope we win the game. Yeah. Spot on, completely well said, short and sharp. We absolutely love it. So to all the viewers and listeners out there, make sure to make sure to <laughs> like and subscribe um, on all the platforms you see us on. Make sure to also follow us follow us on our on our socials, um, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, all of those social platforms. Make sure to give us some love um, and make sure you're keeping an eye out for our finals content because we've got a lot coming uh, um, your way. So make sure to try and, I guess keep an eye out for all that content but um yeah as we said make sure to like and subscribe on every single platform you see us on now to you duffy boy and to all the blue baggers and supporters out there watching this episode right now up the baggers <laughs>